Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes at the time of recording. It is Tuesday, January 2nd. Happy 2024 at 11.11 p.m. My name is is Josh Monix on today's pod. We're jumping back into conference play here early in 2024 as the college basketball season ramps up once again. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Roaring is here with me. Josh, no Terrence Shannon Jr. for Brad Underwood's Illini, but no Terrence Shannon Jr., no problems. 96-66 for Illinois over Northwestern here on Tuesday. This is just one of the strangest programs in the country where they have all this talent. In the last couple of years, it feels like they haven't really gotten it all to click. But there's also this world in which you lose a All-American caliber player, potentially permanently. We're going to have to see how all of this plays out. And then you can go drop 96 points on Northwestern because apparently my guy Marcus Domask is now also a facilitator who drops dimes. And scores, 17. You know, 17 assists in his last two games. Yeah. He, he scores he have, 30, he have 17 the entire to, season. Like, he yeah, didn't have 17 yeah. the entire season. Just out of nowhere. And your guy, Coleman Hawkins, all of a sudden had a really good first half, gets to play a bigger role. Quincy Garia has decided he's a 16-point-a-game guy now. I really have always been a Luke Goody guy. He made some plays in this game before it got really boring. They still have all kinds of offensive firepower and guys who are capable of being option A and option B on a really good team. Maybe not a team good enough to contend with Purdue, which is, I guess, what the potential ceiling was with Taron Shannon because he's on another level. But they, they're they not lacking scoring options here. They're not, locking, they're not lacking scoring options tonight. But then again, we do this every time Marcus Domask has a 30-point <laughs> game. 32, 11, 10, 15, 6, 33, 15, 8, 3, 7. That's his... That's his game log in the points column so when 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 anybody has 30 life is super duper easy so i i'll continue to i'll I'll continue to rein in this this thing that you're doing with illinois when marcus domask has 32 but but you're 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 not wrong they're not gonna drop from like the 12th ranked offense in the country, which is where they are right now, down to like the 50th. Like that's that's not going to happen. Um, but I will be, you know, Coleman Hawkins is also one of those guys who sometimes looks like the right. stretch for big modern big man that we all want him to be, and that has 13 points and knocks down 40% of his three pointers, and sometimes he's not, and you know, you also had Justin Harmon having 20 points on seven of 11 shooting, you know, 62% from the field, 55% from the three point line. Some nights it just looks super duper easy up and down the floor. This was one of them. Uh, we'll see how it goes when you play Purdue, when you play Michigan state, um, which are the, uh, Illinois next two games. I'm specifically talking about the first half too, where sure. it was not the dumbass show. 
and a lot of the other contributions from the Coleman Hawk into the world of Quincy Guerrier's came in the first half where it was much more balanced. Yeah, the, the end result of this game was not a sustainable formula. I agree. Just it, There aren't many teams that you can look and go, oh, yeah, I'm not shocked that all of a sudden Quincy Guerrier is scoring 15, 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. Right? He just wasn't that guy, and all of a sudden he is. Can you count on it? No. I still am not super, super high in this Illinois team. But they're just weird because on any given day, it can happen. And there just aren't many teams in the country, I feel like, that can lose somebody like Terrence Shannon. And then you get playing a good Northwestern team and you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, and they still almost scored 100 points because they're just that good when it all clicks. Yeah. Northwestern just 66 points. Boo Booey, 20 points was over in every other category other than turnovers and fouls. 20 points, four turnovers, four personal fouls. Uh, zero blocks, zero steals, zero assists, zero rebounds. Um, Didn't get a lot of know, help either. D- d- no, and that wasn't that wasn't where I was going to stop. It's it's not uh, it's not easy to um, kind of have the weight that's on Boo Boo's shoulders this year. Um, Northwestern seventy fifth in the country in offensive efficiency. Um, you know, it is a it is a team. You know, last year's team was very was pretty balanced, and I think what we'll see in the Big Ten play for a lot of the the, the conference schedule will be will will be that. You know, you just wish that that Bowie had a little bit more uh, in terms of support around him. One of the most important players in the country. Hard to hard to argue with that. In Queens, in the last game that St. John's will play at Carnesecca this year. Which is a little weird, but I I get it. But and they were also talking about Rick Pitino pushing for more MSG, but then he's talking about how they're going to play UConn at Carnes. Yeah. I don't understand. I, it's all super confusing. Um, what did happen tonight was St. John's beat Butler eighty six to seventy, uh, super balanced across the board. There were six uh, Johnnies in double figures, all but one of those guys in double figures. Uh, shot 60, uh, sorry, 50% or better from the field. Nobody had more than 17, 17. That was Denise Jenkins, but, um, Brady Dunlap coming alive off the bench, knocking down three of five, three pointers, Joel Soriano doing exactly what we thought big East bigs were going to do to Butler this year, which is basically just dominate them. 14 points, 12 rebounds, six of 10 from the field. Johnny's get a 16 point win in the Karnaseka finale. Yeah, Brady Dunlap had a career high at halftime. That that's just kind of how this. Look at that, and and that Ken Palm game log. Yeah, it, very strange. And uh, he could shoot the ball though. If he keeps this up, he's going to get a lot of minutes. I don't think I've ever seen a team have more turnovers off of inbounds. Have you? Yeah, not good. Not good at all. It's not like Butler was terrible on a possession to possession basis there were just so many terrible possessions and right they got bullied and that's not a game you're supposed to win however if you're going to make the NCAA tournament you got to at some point beat somebody on the road you had a great chance at providence you blew it this is a winnable game relative to i mean the two top 10 teams you have coming next Mm -hmm. and Ultimately, they weren't all that competitive in this one. St. John's was just better in every department, a little bit better at most things in the first half, and then second half really started to take control. Damata tried to inject some life by getting himself ejected. 
Like, and I'm still not sure what he was so upset about. Maybe I think maybe his yeah, maybe he accidentally that, called his Uber like too early and it was already there to pick him up and and like maybe, but it was just like a layup that he yeah. And I, I don't know if he, maybe he was just over. I'm sure. I mean, it's a it's a million different things at that point in the game that you're frustrated yeah. about, but um, I think it was that peculiar was, to get thrown out then. Yeah. Well, I I think that was one of the most intentional ejections I've seen in a while. I think he did it very much to try and do something to energize his team. Cause he was clearly not happy with what, how, well then you got to do it six minutes earlier. Right. They were down 14 with it 90 seconds left. Point. Who cares yeah, at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. The, the last thing on St. John's, I, I still don't really know what to make of this team. Clearly they have offensive talent. They're playing better defensively, but it's not like they're a great defensive team. Butler got a lot of real, even one of the huddles that body goes, we're making, we're getting really good looks. We're going to make mm-hmm. them eventually. Trust me that that's not the sign of a great defensive team here. I, mm. They still, don't unfortunately look, for Butler, they didn't ever start making them. Right. Either. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm not convinced this is any more than a team with individual offensive talent, which is going to win you some games in the big East and can beat anybody when you're playing well and can certainly take care of some of the, less talented teams in the big East when you come in and pose your will and get to play at home. I, I just, this is not as impressive as I expected it to look under Rick Pitino. Uh, indeed. Indeed. Uh, 86, 70, the red storm for some reason, playing their last game of the season at Carneseca on January 2nd. Sure. That sounds great. I heard that small, on top of you arenas do really, really poorly in college basketball. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Let's go to particularly in conference play. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that goes ask Rutgers, you know, ask Butler, ask, yeah. Ask Villanova what, which environment's better playing at the Wells Fargo center or playing at the pavilion, Uh, whatever, but we get to sell more tickets. So I guess that's all that really matters. Last but not least Duke 86, Syracuse 66. You know, you want to talk about Kempom game logs real quick? You want to talk, Josh, you want to talk about Kempom game logs real quick? Here's what uh, one Jared McCain has done in the last, I don't know, two and a half weeks or so. Uh, Baylor, 21 points, four or five, two point field goal for shooting, three of six from deep. Uh, Queens, 24 points, perfect from two-point range, four of nine from the three-point line. Syracuse, 18 points, four of six from the three-point line. Uh, We talked about uh, John Shire's freshman bringing it every night. When was that going to happen? Jared McCain seems to be up to the task. Mark Mitchell had an excellent night as well. I believe it was a career high for him. 21 points, six rebounds, three assists. Jeremy Roach. Uh, one of the more uh, proven, consistent, reliable commodities in the entire country. 17 points on 7-11 shooting there for him. And uh, John Shire's squad moves to 10-3 and three with, uh, you know, just controlling, uh, at the very least controlling the second half against yeah. the Orange. Yeah, let's, let's rewind for a second here and go back to the first half where Duke didn't make a three and Kyle Filipowski didn't score and sat with two fouls for most of it. <laughs> and Mark Mitchell had 18 points to keep them alive mm-hmm. and in the game. And then all of a sudden the second half happened and I eventually lost track. They made at least seven straight threes to start the second half. Jeremy McCain and Jay Williams called it. He hit the first one. He went, you, you can't give him the open one because he's in rhythm now. And sure mm-hmm. enough, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect illustration of why we were both so high on this team, right? 
and what this team can be. Filipowski is nowhere to be found in the first half. McCain's not making shots. It doesn't matter because Mark Mitchell is just bullying people and dominating with physicality. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, here comes Filipowski back into the game, and immediately McCain hits a three and Filipowski scores to start the second half. This is what it looks like when all of the options are there and you can rely on all of them. Because Tyrese Proctor's working his way back from injury. He can just kind of do his thing. Doesn't have to be great. Some games it'll be Jeremy Roach. But you see what all of these different guys can give you on any given night. The problem earlier in the season was you didn't have the Jared McCain factor to throw in there. And who knows how this game goes if Jared McCain isn't there or if Mark Mitchell doesn't play some of the best basketball of his career in the first half. But when you have them all together, you can survive that really bad first half and then dominate the second half and make it look really easy with just kind of a combination of different things. Monitoring, granted, it's Queens and Syracuse, but monitoring how Tyrus Proctor has looked since coming back. Didn't play against Charlotte Hofstra or Baylor. Queens had nine points, efficient from the field, 14 points tonight. Um, he was five of seven from the field, knocked down 50% of his three pointers. Um, just quietly keeping an eye on that because that's a that's a guy kind of that no one's talked about in a month because of injury and if they have talked about him it's been that was like a guy that people were talking about being a first team all american um that's still you know as long as he's healthy that's still a guy that once upon a time this season you know if you know, you know if only preseason but once upon a time was somebody that th- that people were talking about being a first team all-American, all-American caliber guard. So if you're getting stuff like that from Mitchell, you know, Filipowski does his thing, the backcourt, you know, that starting backcourt of McCain and Roach, and then, you know, maybe it just ends up being Tyrus Proctor is your energizer, can get you 17 off the bench kind of guy. Maybe, maybe him getting hurt and having this stumble late in conference play, maybe that ends up being something that we look back on and thinking, man, that was a, that ended up being a really interesting part of Duke's season is that Tyrese Proctor became the best bench scorer in the country. Um, gives you a we'll, we'll see. Di- maybe, maybe he'll play so good that you just have to put him back in the starting lineup, but um, it's uh, I don't think it's out of the question that that kind of ends up what, what, what happens for him this year. Different dynamic with his court vision too. Mm-hmm. That he's a guy who can also make everybody else's life easier in addition to getting his own. Yeah. The best version of this team right now certainly looks like he's the sixth man. Whether that mm-hmm. continues to be the case, we'll have to wait and see. But it's all <laughs> the pieces are fitting right now. That's for sure. You got anything else? Uh, Caitlin Clark. That's fine. Casual. Dude, Dude the swish sound. I could list like I could just get just give me that uh, to me as a ringtone. Like <laughs> that was that that is the swish that I hear in my mind when I think of like NCAA tournament buzzer beaters, like, like the, where it swishes so like crisply that there's like this team, you know what I'm talking about? There there's mm-hmm. this team. And um, yeah, it was absolutely money. No big deal. Avoided the loss at home in some yeah, no, 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 we don't need to talk we don't, about yeah, that. Yeah, we don't talk about we don't talk about we being the collective don't talk about that part because well 
that was quite the shot. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, a bunch of top 10 teams took care of business on this Tuesday night just after New Year. Uh, UConn beat Paul by 30. Uh, Purdue beats Maryland on the road by 14, holding Maryland to just 53 points. Tennessee. First time since 2017, I think. What, winning I at? I think I saw that. Winning, winning, yeah. winning there, winning at College yeah. Station. There you go. I think I saw uh, that. Tennessee, 87-50 in a non-conference game against Norfolk State. North Carolina uh, beat Pitt by 13 on the road. So some of the uh, the better teams in the sport taking care of business on this Tuesday night. A couple top 25 teams in action tomorrow night, but not a massive slate. But what there is to talk about, we will be back to talk about it tomorrow. That's the Under 8 Podcast for Tuesday, January 2nd. It's 11.28 p.m. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows and follow the pod on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit that like button. We very much appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you tomorrow.